Um, just a couple of things to say, just quickly. I'm Eka Resh, I'm the curator of the Chalksburg Government 154 Art Fair. I want to thank Christie's Education for uh, sponsoring uh, Forum. And uh, just to introduce uh, Harold, who's going to introduce Larry, but actually just to introduce Larry br very briefly before that. Uh, so, actually, sorry, just to introduce Harold briefly before that. So Harold is an artist, uh, working in a range of media, including uh, performance, video, photography, and uh, social arts practice. Uh, crucial thing really is Harold has a performance tomorrow, Saturday at 6 p.m. Uh, in this space, which I would advise watching uh, or coming to take part in. Uh, Larry, a champon, uh, is a so, uh, has a solo and collaborative practice which uh, employs imagery, oral and visual archives, uh, live performance and sound to explore ideas surrounding class, cross-cultural and post-digital identity. Uh, he's shown, exhibited and performed and presented projects at spaces including Tate Britain and Tate Modern, the Institute for Creative Arts in Cape Town, uh, the BFI, uh, the Kunsthal in, in Charlottenburg, in Copenhagen Prospect, New Orleans, and, and many other spaces. And uh, Larry has uh, an immersive installation in the south wing of Somerset House uh, right now as well. If you haven't seen that, I would advise seeing it afterwards. Um, uh, I'm going to just hand over to both of them, but one final on a personal note, given we're in an African art fair, just a final little pat on the back, two fellow Ghanaians. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Always good. Force is strong. Please join me in thanking them. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for coming. Um, this is a really great honour and pleasure for me. I should maybe preface this by sort of saying um, I first properly met Larry when he was doing his masters at the Slade and um, we had a tutorial, which for me wasn't a tutorial. It was, if anything, it was a tutorial in reverse. It was an education in terms of a revelation in encountering this young artist's practice that was really formed with an amazing kind of visual language and a kind of suffusion of references that were really interesting. Um, and ever since then, I've sort of been a sort of keen supporter and follower of, of, of Larry's work. Um, so we've had a little bit of an exchange and a conversation, and yeah. we are going to, I think, talk about some key works, um, particularly, I think, works that are referencing the installation upstairs. Um, and then, um, yeah, we'll, we'll kind of look at stuff and talk about stuff. Um, and then hopefully we'll, I'm going to try and, because I can just talk and talk and talk. I <laughs> just want to leave some time for people to ask questions. If there are burning things, do interject. I mean, we can... Yeah. We can I do want to interject your uh, proof. No, no, do, do. Just because, um, yeah. you know, from my point of view, I, I was kind of stalking you before, <laughs> before the, uh, the MA. Um, uh, well, was, I, I agree, it wasn't so much a tutorial as it was for me, kind of like looking up to somebody who I'd respected for years, uh, all the way back to my BA. I remember my uh, tutor at the time, uh, and practicing artist still, uh, Peggy Atherton, mentioned your work, uh, your solo show, I believe, at the Tabernacle. Yes, yeah. And uh, you had the, uh, the smile piece. And um, I think that was my kind of foray into performance. And uh, I think kind of looking even deeper towards the, uh, the, the, the record cover pieces and the, that intensity and the kind of consideration of what an uh, alien might be uh, with regards to uh, the mothership connection and so on, all the way through to Grace Jones. Mm -hmm. 
um, it's, it's amazing to be talking to you at this particular point. So, uh, no, it's respect to you. Mutual love, mutual Indeed. love. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're going to maybe start by talking about the kind of glyph mm -hmm. series. Yeah. And then we've got some images to kind of go with that. And, um, and I think, for me, there's something, you know, really interesting about the kind of strategy and approach within the work. But I just wondered if you maybe just wanted to outline the kind of evolution, because mm. it's, it's a kind of ongoing... It is. ..kind of yeah. series, or has been, anyway. Precisely, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, it, you know, it, it dates back the, uh, the, toward the, uh, the last 10 years mm. uh, with a series titled uh, Let Me School You, which, of course, includes uh, this, this recurring uh, motif, which I refer to as Cloudface, and, um, and, and how this... Um, kind of icon appeared within the uh, the images was my um, my kind of journey into looking at uh, forms of representation, considering aspects of uh, racism, but from a, uh, a kind of a British perspective. Mm -hmm. So that was bringing in my experience of uh, uh, coming face to face with that through products. So the uh, the Robertsons uh, Gollywogs on the uh, the jam jars, for example. And, uh, and, and how that made me feel, but how it made me feel alienated. I wasn't exactly sure what that icon was or what it meant. And so at this point in time around 2007, where I began this, this uh, research, you know, I began to uncover the, um, the, the direct connection and relationship between that and um, the American minstrel shows. Mm. Um, and so going through... Uh, this, this process of taking family photo albums, you know, and uh, covering them, defacing, and, and kind of making the, uh, the personal impersonal with a, a, a repeated uh, circular um, uh, black face with the, uh, the, the lips. Also, uh, for me, touched on this idea of, uh, of, of replication, uh, thinking about um, video games, things like Pac-Man, for example, mm. the idea of being this, this one being, which is being chased by the ghosts. The ghosts, of course, are the white people. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, as you say, it's, it's an ongoing series. Mm. So. But it's, it's this, I say this thing about uh, this foray into the archive in mm -hmm. terms of, um, you know, the selection of images, childhood images, but then the obscuring with this kind of sort of motif, the mask. Yes that kind of comes into kind of play, which I think I've sort of always found really fascinating with these. And um, I mean, you mentioned minstrelry as well, mm. and I've, I've got an interest in minstrelry, but yeah. just, just also, it always reminded me with the theories of that, mm -hmm. that practice of kind of black performers doing blackface. Yes. Um, and I always, I always think of Spike Lee's Bamboozled. Bamboozled, oh, this, yeah, yeah, of course. Which I don't know how many yeah. people seen an early, well, an earlier Spike Lee mm -hmm. kind of uh, joint. Yeah. Um, where, you know, you have this black executive that revives a minstrel show. Mm -hmm. um, so it's this appropriation of kind of sort of like the spectacle of blackness. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And again, yeah. there's this kind of haunting thing within these images. And, and I think for me, there's this thing about narrative and resistance of narrative that's mm -hmm. kind of sort of, I think, underlines a lot of the work. Um, and... Yeah, I mean, because you've also sort of taken the kind of cloud face mm -hmm. motif also into performance as yes. well. I remember, yes. you know, famously you did a performance at Tate. Indeed, and Tate, yeah, you know, 2014. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we haven't got an image of that, but I just no, maybe uh, want to talk about that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, no, sure. So um, I've been working with the, uh, the, 
uh, the Tate uh, edu Education Department for a year alongside other artists, including uh, Sam Keogh, Frank Wesser, and more. And um, after a year of uh, collaborating with, with the schools and being invited to utilize Tate's uh, collection, including the archive, as well as the works on displays, we were invited to um, consider how we might respond with, with an artwork. And, and I think in, in, in terms of my experience of being there throughout the, uh, the year, I, I, visibility was a really big deal for me. It's a big thing on my mind. And, um, and I thought a lot about the, the existence of uh, people of colour within the building and, and, and their, their place within that. The thing that I noticed was that there are a lot of people of colour who were in service jobs. So they're either cleaning or, you know, invigilating, you know, um, in, in, in terms of the hierarchies or the, the, the low positions. So I, I, I wanted to kind of perhaps pull that out, uh, especially this uh, position of the, uh, the, the invigilator, which to me kind of matched one of the, uh, the earlier kind of cloud face images mm -hmm. that is of me as a, as a child just sitting down on uh, my, my mother's sofa. So, you know, I kind of built up this idea of this, I guess, reverse heist, as it were, uh, considering a particular room within the, uh, the poetry and dream space in the level two area uh, where Picasso's works were showing. Um, I really, I, I was very fascinated with um, this possibility of, of, of pulling out and uh, focusing on uh, Picasso's interest in West African uh, artifacts and, and uh, and how that influenced uh, Cubism on such a ma massive scale. Um, so to become, I guess, this kind of silent uh, elephant in the room, as it were, um, was, was part of that deal, really, you know, kind of being straight and, and um, very, very still for around an hour, mm -hmm. uh, which was really, really difficult. I mean, you know, you, you do a lot of performances yourself, so you, know, you can imagine just kind of being within this, this helmet, which is really hot, there's not much in the way of air to kind of mm. breathe. So I, I had to kind of train myself with like, you know, YouTube videos and, mm. and that kind of thing. Mm. So Marina Abramovich yeah. kind of yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, schooling. Uh, that whole indeed. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it's also interested in, because in, there is a, a series that employs white face mm. as well. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and you use figures like kind of David Cameron. Yes. And they're kind of whited out. Mm -hmm. um, and I just wondered about the extension of that yeah, strategy sure. into kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. I guess um, so. Kind of retouching back on what I uh, where I mentioned Pac-Man, mm -hmm. and for me, uh, Pac-Man is is the cloud face, and then the ghosts are the white people in Pac-Man uh, or Miss Pac-Man. Uh, the Pac-Man character is always outnumbered by you know the the ghosts or the whiteness. Mm -hmm. So for me, that was really I guess a metaphor to kind of play uh, with with this situation. Um, one of the other per first pieces in that series was the, uh, the Politic Men series. So not too long after Barack Obama um, had been uh, sworn into you know, the uh, presidency, I considered some of the, uh, the, the previous presidents over the, uh, at the time, the last like four decades. So the likes of uh, Jimmy Carter, uh, Richard Nixon, um, and then what I'd refer to as the, uh, the one minute president, uh, Al Gore. Uh, and that controversy in relation with, um, with uh, George W. Bush. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, it's, it's something that I, I'm, I'm thinking a bit about from time to time and, um, and, and what might visually kind of, you know, work best as mm -hmm. to kind of, you know, progress with that, that project. Mm -hmm. 
Um, if we maybe move on to the holy cloud. Sure. I think. Um, and again, I think there's one of these images is upstairs. Is it this one? Is it this one? Uh, which one have we switched around, Will? Um, this one. This, yeah. I think it's this one. Um, and again, the sort of cloud face is used as a kind of motif, mm. but here mixed with, you know, the kind of religious iconographic kind of images. Um, uh, I, I was sort of interested in just formal things like the kind of sort of, a kind of move into painting, mm -hmm. but also just um, the particular strategy of a, a kind of appro appropriating, um, you know, the image of, you know, Jesus. And we, yeah. we've talked a little bit previously when I'm back and forth yeah. about the kind of domestic context for some of these images. I don't know if you want to maybe give people Yeah, some sure, yeah. I, I, yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's definitely important. Because there's always personal narrative, well, not always, but there is often indeed. draw upon. No, it's, no, no, you're right, Harold. And um, so these, these uh, posters, which on, on average kind of vary between being like um, uh, a metre a metre to like a metre and a half uh, in, in size, length, length by width. Um, uh, are posters that I collected from, from Ghana. And, uh, you know, maybe some of you in the audience can, can relate, but, you know, I grew, I grew up in, a, in a, a Christian household where even to this day, my mother, you know, has images of the, uh, the white Christ, you know, with like the texts and so on these uh, kind of like A4 or A3 uh, size images. And um, on one of uh, my, my previous uh, visits as a kid to, to Ghana, I remember um, be between our kind of like trips of going from uh, Accra to uh, Kamasi throughout the day, from time to time, we'd, we'd stop over at certain points where uh, there, were, there were these churches that were, um, they're, they're very makeshift. People had like painted signs and I come across these these large like posters that um, in themselves were memes. You know, they they contained kind of in a clip art type fashion um, or, or, or cobbled together a range of these uh, Aryan or white Christs uh, with with um, copied texts from the other uh, Bible. Sometimes the other uh, grammar was a bit out of place, or sometimes you know the uh, the the color of mm -hmm. um, a certain font was just, it just popped out. Mm. And, um, and I, I began to, you know, collect these posters. And, mm. and, and again, I guess in line with the, uh, the Glyph uh, and Integer series and so on, was, was thinking about how, how I can reframe this, this relationship with the, uh, the, the, the white Christ, which is very kind of prevalent within uh, some, you know, African um, uh, and Caribbean house, households. Um, how, how do I um, interrupt that? Mm -hmm. But um, how do I how do I also try to in, invert the, uh, the, the the situation uh, with this this aspect of of, of whiteness? Mm -hmm. And so the uh, the cloud motif felt very um, it felt very natural to apply that into this kind of space of of, of uh, colors and forms that just are very bold and are you know popping mm -hmm. out as mm -hmm. it were. So, um, so I kind of proceeded with this, this trilogy of, uh, of kind of, you know, poster paintings, as it were. Um, again, it's another kind of work, you know, in progress. There are more, you know, posters that, I'm, that, I'm, that I've got in the studio that I'd like to continue to kind of work into. Mm. And uh, 
yeah, just the, this idea of, you know, they really are memes in themselves. You know, yeah. before before you had this circulation of the the use of the word, uh, you know, meme on the on, on the internet. You know, that that I think is what uh, fascinated me yeah, the most. I mean, for me, again, similarly, I sort of grew up with these as well. I always remember calendars. Yeah. Lots of like Jesus, <laughs> with all those Jesus silver characters. shimmery kind of uh, lines and things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also just the really weird thing of like, you know, my parents never had, you didn't have white, they didn't have white friends that mm. they would bring round. Mm -hmm. But there was always this kind of white Jesus, mm -hmm. sort of, you know, it's yeah. either on the, you know, the only white people in the domestic space were on TV, or like these images mm -hmm. that were kind of sort of weirdly omnipresent. Absolutely. So it was a kind of weird. Um, but it always sort of struck me that there's this kind of sort of, the kind of visual language or register of them mm. is very commercialised. Yes. Very advertised, you know, so, yes. so like the scripture becomes like a kind of ad slogan or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. They become really kind of distilled. So it's this sort of really weird, and, and also as well, like, um, you know, you know, my family's at the Methodists, you mm. know, it's this Protestant sort of, mm -hmm. But it was quite—it was quite Catholic images yeah. as well, yeah. you know. Which, you know, the more and more I sort of learnt about the distinction between the two, it seemed mm -hmm. really incongruous. But absolutely. Um, but again, I think you know, West African Ghanaian culture is so visual, yes. and, and, and images are so sort of powerful within that. Yeah, you know, when I came across these these posters, I I tried to find them in you know uh, local areas to where I grown up, you know, all the way through to like Dawson or Brixton, mm. and they're not that big, but you know, when it comes to uh, places such as Ghana or Nigeria, or even as you know, far as the Philippines, a uh, mm. you know, good friend uh, who's also an artist um, has sent me some, you know, uh, memorabilia, which is just large. And it's mm. like these, these places where coloni colonization, you know, took place, that, that you, you have these remnants mm. that are just still there and exist. And like you say, you know, the, you know, the quote like this is, my year of breakthrough or victory, prosperity mm. is very much like a Nike. Just do it. Mm. You know, this. You know, it's you can flip that around, and it's just you know. Um. But it's also this thing of humour as well. Oh, absolutely, think, and Def satire. That yeah. I think yeah, that kind of comes through. And yeah, I was thinking Def very yeah. much, particularly this of like the kind of you know the cloud-faced Jesus arm mm. wrestling the devil. Totally. Um, <laughs> you know, as a kind of. <laughs> Um, I mean, the, the, the thing, when I, I remember when I first saw this image, because it's, it's, re it's replicated in a lot of um, uh, poster things and so on, um, it reminded me of the, uh, the video game Mortal Kombat. So just at the, uh, the loading screen where you have like Scorpion about to face Sub-Zero and they're just like that, it's like, my goodness, like, you, you know, you couldn't make this stuff up. <laughs> but it's a bit, you know, like video games, computer yeah. games, there's a kind of distilling, isn't yeah. there, the kind of characters, Absolutely. really strong characters. Oh, definitely, yeah. Kind of, you know, yeah, I mean, you know, like, you could link that with the uh, uh, Japanese kind of otaku fascination of, like, Gundam characters, you know, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, you know, kind of, or Godzilla facing, you know, some kind of, like, machine-based character. Um, but, uh, yeah, it just, it, you know, just looking at it, I don't, it's, um, it leaves me speechless sometimes, but, uh, yeah. Because you've talked about that before in terms of your kind of sort of upbringing, your interest in like mm -hmm. computer games and comics. Yes. So, you know, so again, within that domestic space, mm -hmm. can see this sort of rich series of visual references that Indeed. are kind of, that are, you're kind of cooked yes. through some of these, these works. Indeed. Um, should we go on? Because I know sure. we were going to look at Sunday Best. Yes. 
indeed. Um, uh, and again, th th this work you exhibited... I mean, I saw it in Venice at mm -hmm. the Diaspora Pavilion. Professor Stone it in Chicago as well. But um, do you maybe want to just give a bit of context for... Yeah, sure, yeah. So, um, yeah, so Sunday's Best is... Um, is a, is a video work that explores um, uh, a moment in time of uh, a young, younger version of myself, perhaps around the age of like five or six, and um, the, the the feeling of being in um, Ghanaian uh, church uh, kind of worship spaces, um, which are very different visually to. Uh, say, I don't know, Methodist churches or Catholic churches in that there aren't objects in those spaces. It's, it's the people who are central um, to that. Um, the, 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 the music that they bring, whether that's uh, the voice or, you know, the guitar or um, synthesizer and so on. And um, the, the, the devotion to the, uh, the, the spirit, as it were, um, this, this connection with uh, communities, that, migrant communities, and um, and but also that 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 relationship with uh, Christian uh, imperialism, but the the dislocation of uh, faith practices uh, with within indigenous communities. So thinking about uh, my my Akan Ashanti uh, heritage and the uh, the use of language uh, that is kind of transferred. So the the, the name uh, Nyame, which is which is a uh, uh, God that belongs to the Akan people being used in the context of Christianity, you know things like that um, that that become coupled within uh, this video that that brings about these uh, these these nuances and and, and sounds uh, from field recordings with a uh, South London-based Ghanaian church to original compositions that I, I formed using uh, synthesizers. And there's a kind of voiceover mm. that kind of. Um kind of leads us through mm -hmm. the, the kind of work. Um, and again, there, there's a kind of, um, in that commentary, um, it's, uh, there's really nice observations, I think. Yes. Um, and uh, yeah, I was just really interested in how that, that kind of voice kind of anchors really the, the, the work. Um, but what you get are these images of this church um, mm -hmm. this iconography again um, and I particularly wanted to talk about the kind of this matriarchal figure mm -hmm. that appears that kind of apparates mm -hmm. um, in, in the space mm -hmm. um, and really symbolically what that represents I just mm -hmm. that was really quite powerful sort of the placing front and centre of the kind of matriarchal figure I mean so much of my experience of kind of going to church was about the aunties, mm, yeah, and you know, even though the kind you had, it's framed as a patriarchal space with mm -hmm. the pastor and mm -hmm. whatever doing whatever, mm -hmm. but it's always about yeah. the women, absolutely. You know, Auntie Betty's convulsing in a corner, uh -huh. you know, on cue <laughs> every time, but, but you know, the food afterwards yes. or the kind of yeah. you know people commenting on what you're wearing or whatever, mm -hmm. but but also the kind of devotion, yeah, you know, and the kind of religious, I guess, fervour, really, mm, mm. the kind of, you know, mm -hmm. and just symbolically within the, within the work. Yeah, yeah, so um, 
Yeah, I remember when you sent the, yeah, the notes over and I thought, oh, should I, should I say it? It's my mum who I wrote to. <laughs> I thought, no, actually, you know, I'll hold it. So, yeah, it's, it's, I, I, I collaborated with my mum with my on, on the project across, across two years. Um, and I think, yeah, you've kind of you've pulled out all the words. I don't know how I'm going to um, add to that. But um, I, I knew that there was um, the... I guess the, the 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 respect or the reverence towards the the matriarchal um, that I wanted to to explore in 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 the work and and I invited my mother to evangelize within uh, within the space. The only thing the only thing I asked of her was that she she stays within a particular point of the uh, of the church and I would film her. But you know she could evangelize how, however uh, she decided. Um, so like I said, you know we filmed uh, two times across two different years. Uh, the first time that I filmed the work was in um, a regular uh, HD, high definition. And when I came back and looked at the other uh, rushes, I, I, I wasn't happy with the visual quality. Mm. And so um, I went about saving up for a 4K camera, um, just kind of looking into the, the research around uh, heightened resolution and so on. Am I, by, by the way, am I leaving some of you guys behind when I'm talking about 4K? <laughs> Uh, all right, so regular HD is like, you know, high definition. 4K is like four times the, uh, the size of HD. So you've got crisper visuals, you know, stronger sense of color, that type of thing. Um, so, you know, the, uh, the, the, the church space in which um, Sunday's Best is filmed in, uh, Our Lady of the Assumption in Bethnal Green, uh, very, was very close to where I grew up. It was one of the, uh, the last churches that I was taken to uh, as a kid. So very strangely... I was, I was taken to the, um, the, the, the Ghanaian community churches, which, yeah, I, I guess were, were very close to like a, a Methodist-style mm, church. Mm. And then all of a sudden, um, we didn't go to those churches anymore. Uh, myself and my um, sister, we were baptised in a, in, a, in a Catholic church. And I and I'd never quite understood that. Although I, later on, I found out that um, upon like, embarking on this project, my mum uh, kind of made it known that her uncle was the, uh, the first um, Ashanti uh, Catholic ordained priest. And so there was this kind of great, um, I guess, you know, uh, uh, there were furthermore question marks for me, like why, why did we kind of shift these spaces, but then also, um, you know, how, how that kind of interrupted... Um, what, what church meant to me, because within the Catholic space, it very much is about, you know, kind of praying to objects, kneeling before objects, you know, taking time in front of those. Whereas within these, these, these and I do say community structures in terms of the other Ghanaian environments, because, you know, everybody knew each other. You know, it wasn't people who were coming from different parts of London to go to, well, they were coming from different parts of London, but, but it was very, very much more communal, you know. Um, and so, you know, the second time round, which of course, you know, makes its way into the other uh, final film, uh, when I invited my mother, she, she, she just, uh, uh, you know, apart from th those points that I gave her about standing in the same position, there was, I didn't need to direct her to do anything. You know, she, mm -hmm. she was praying for um, a, uh, a, a close friend who, who, was, who was dying of, of, of leukemia at the time. And... Um, and you know, for her, the, the 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 Holy Spirit entered her. You know, she was just doing that three minute, three three hours nonstop. Wow. Um, and uh, she only stopped when I said, "Okay, mom, you know, let's get, let's go now. It's like getting late. We've got to pick up, um, you know, my baby sister." 
Um, <clears throat> and, uh, and that was just, it, the, the difficult part I think was filming this point. Mm. And she was, she was just, you know, she, she, she got into this state of, 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 of crying, of welling up. And I kind of, I wanted to give her a hug, but then I, I was being a bit selfish you know, with the camera like, this is good stuff, so keep going, you know. Um, so, um, yeah, you know, I, I've shown the, the, the video work to, to, to mum as well and she's just, yeah, she's really, she, um, she didn't expect to see the angles that I captured of her. She didn't understand why I had like the static shot camera and then the other one, she's like, when, when were you filming that part? Why, you know, where were you? And, because she was so into this mode, mm. you know, of, of, um, of, of adoration and, mm. and, and prayer and stuff. It's complete absorption in, in, yes. in, that, yeah. in that moment. Yeah. I think as a kind of portrait of, of, of kind of faith, it's kind of really, really sort of powerful. Mm. Um, were you going to show, did you want to show a clip of it? Or yeah, I don't have, where, what are we doing for time? Yeah. We are at for time? Yeah, great, cool. Yeah. Which part would you like to see? Um... <laughs> I don't know if we want to cut straight to the dramatic let's, moment. Yeah, because, yeah, um, you know, we're talking about that. I'm just thinking, let's... <laughs> all right, let's... Yeah. OK.
Um, I wanted to move on to talk a little bit about the, the Relic Traveller yeah. series. Um, uh, in addition to showing here, Larry has a work at Freeze, mm -hmm. um, which is the, the, the flag, mm. the African flag, Pan -African for the flags. Relic Travellers Alliance, yes. Yes. Uh, which was previously shown here, yes. um, in, above the dome <laughs> in this building, yeah. uh, at, at Somerset House. Um, again, yeah, do you want to talk a little bit about, because I mean, Relic Travellers are kind mm. of myth narrative that kind of yeah. unfolds with several works. Yes. Um, and then we can talk about the flag, but yes. just maybe to kind of set... Yeah, sure. Context. So, um, yeah, Relic Traveller is, a, is a, a, a speculative project um, that, that within it is framed ideas that connects to Afrofuturism, uh, considers the social and political uh, constructs of now and, and, the, and the effect within the future. So um, after, after developing Sunday's Best, um, I knew there were more, more kind of more stories that um, I wanted to, to, to write uh, that, that couldn't simply just belong to one kind of space. And, 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 and how, would I, how, would, how would these stories kind of make their way out? I'd just finished uh, the uh, Finding Fanon trilogy project with, with David Blandy. Uh, which had kind of science fiction-based themes, but there was there was more that I wanted to uncover, and um, so I, I was thinking a lot about the the increase of of nationalism within uh, Western civilizations, from you know United States through to out here with you know Brexit, you know, um, the the kind of increase in popularity of the uh, the right wing uh, uh, parties in in Germany through to Austria and Sweden and more. Um, and really kind of ask myself the question of, well, if these, these, um, if these people get their way in terms of this, this sense of so-called independence, you know, what, what happens to these places? In my opinion, they become relics of themselves. You know, the moment you uh, no longer have exchanges with people you, you, and you create this kind of homogenized kind of, you know, uh, soulless uh, state, it becomes, uh, it becomes a relic. Um, for me, I was I, I was then kind of coupling that 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 consideration with um, the fact that the the African Union have been for years developing a, a passport program that will allow uh, Africans to travel between um, uh, the, the African states with no uh, problem, you know, no need of like a visa and mm -hmm. so on. So in one part of the world you have borders opening, and another part of the world you have borders closing. So out of that came this idea of the uh, the, the, the the relic traveller, and so the uh, the relic travellers alliance um, in, within the project would be one of many initiatives that the uh, the new Pan African Union would, would, would have put together uh, at a point where the the, the new Pan African Union was experiencing um, independence from any outside uh, interference, uh, harmony amongst the other states. Um, and, uh, and and prosperity. Um, so, I guess how that how that kind of became this flag uh, was. The, well, the idea wasn't really even to have a flag. You know, I have never <laughs> I've never produced flags in my life. I never, you know, I until until um, Somerset House had invited me. Uh, the iconography of the uh, of the flag just existed as a a kind of patch 
for the, uh, the, the relic traveller uh, themselves. So, so relic travellers are sent outside of the, uh, the Pan-African Union um, uh, to places where people have, have been oppressed, where uh, vox pops or vocal information or data would have been left. The idea is that the, uh, the new uh, Pan-African the, the Pan Union uh, are to learn from the experiences of the, uh, the oppressed uh, as a kind of like guide toward a, a future uh, with, without calamity. So rather than kind of ruling from a top-down perspective, you're learning from the stories that people have experienced in terms of um, their, their, their struggles and so on. Um, so, so again, coming back to you know, the, this, this outfit that the, uh, the relic traveller was uh, wearing, a, a kind of like MiG pilot's mm -hmm. costume, um, the, these, I, the, these designs were just going to exist as patches. And then I was approached by uh, Somerset House, having been you know, a, a resident at, at that point in time for a year, uh, and, and invited to create a, a flag that would, you know, sit on top of the other uh, building, and um, I, 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 I had a little bit of time to think about it. I said yes, um, and almost straight away, I, I thought this could be a really nice uh, point to have a conversation a, a, around this uh, patch or series of patches that was going to be designed anyway. Uh, so I collaborated with an uh, artist and designer, a friend of mine, uh, Wumi Alawasivakan, um, and thought, well, what if you know, this icon can become you know, this flag that mm. stands on top of you know, the, uh, the, the building for like you know, six or, or, or so months? So really, it, it was moving from um, you know, uh, uh, an idea for a set of films to actually world building and, and, and kind of breaking that fourth wall, that, that physicality, that existence. Uh, and also kind of freeing the other work from it simply being within, you know, a, uh, within an exhibition space, but, you know, an actual, you know, beacon that, that you know, people could identify with. I mean, what, what, was, what was the reaction to it being in place? I mean, I'm thinking about the kind of... Um, I mean, for me, this work resonates so much, really, with thinking about reconnecting with that initial post-colonial moment, so particularly uh, Kwame Nkrumah, mm -hmm. Ghana's first post-independent president. He always had this vision of pan-African, utopian. Mm. Um, it didn't ever quite happen. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, obviously the African Union's been going for some, some time now, but the, the, the conception of it mm -hmm. and the formalising of it um, within this flag and then it being placed, mm. you know, within, we're in the imperial capital here, yes. you know, it's yeah. kind of like <laughs> flying over the river. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know what, what reactions people have had, but all... Yeah, I mean, you know, even kind of, of that I guess, starting with the, the, the reaction of Somerset House. And, and yeah. you know, I remember when I was invited to do it, I kind of was thinking, like, you guys know what work I make. Like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not doing a happy hardcore flag on top of this building, you know? Like, um, you know, no salt there at all. Like, mm. It's a good project uh, by Jeremy Della, but um, I was going. I was going to challenge that, you know, going to challenge and, and, and consider the, uh, the the histories in which, you know, um, the likes of not just Somerset House, but you know, you look right across the river, mm -hmm. Whitehall, and everything. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. it's, it's all there. Um, and um, and so in a way, a way, I was kind of like I was ready to, and, and I do this quite a lot with projects, I'm ready to kind of like argue the corner of the existence of something. And, uh, you know, I sat down with um, uh, Jonathan Power, Powell, uh, curator at, at Somerset House, and also uh, Jonathan Rieke, director of, of Somerset House. 
And, um, you know, the only question that was asked was, um, you know, could you perhaps maybe make a flag that um, is, you know, kind of like considers the whole world? Um, my answer was no. Um, um, you know, but I'd also done research into that, you know, and, and there, there is actually a, a flag that, that exists. I forget the name of the, uh, the artist, but, it, you know, it has a very kind of like a Scandinavian kind of outlook on what the world is. Mm. And, and I just thought that, you know, um, Africa represents the world on so many levels anyway. Why do I need to you know, try and, I don't know, force something to become something else that it isn't? Mm. But, um, you know, like I said, you know, other than that question, you know, there was just nothing but complete support for, you know, showcasing the, uh, the, the, the work, um, uh, having, having that information out there for people to kind of learn about uh, not simply just the, the speculative nature of the other uh, project, but considering the other uh, colours and, uh, and their connection with, you know, Pan-Africanism. Mm -hmm. um, you know, from time to time, I do kind of like do my little uh, searches on, on, on Instagram and to just see people kind of like connecting mm -hmm. with those colours, people that I, you know, don't know, that, that was, for me, that, that is the prize, that, that there is that conversation that is happening, that's igniting and, um, you know, just... It's just leaving that thing there, walking away, and, 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 and that ownership uh, is taken on by, by those who, who, who happen upon it and, and connect with it. I mean, I think, so for me, just, just with kind of contemporary politics, the kind of resonance, um, I was just thinking a few months ago of obviously Theresa May mm. touting around, dancing robotically yeah. around <laughs> various African countries, <laughs> but that partly being precipitated by around the time, and I know in this kind of, what I view as a kind of nostalgic colonial Brexit project, but anyway, mm. um, the African tour was precipitated by the fact that there was this huge uh, Afro-Sino conference that's happening in Beijing mm -hmm, mm -hmm. with all the African leaders mm -hmm. um, being invited to kind of sort of China. Yeah. And these two opposing narratives, yes. one that's a kind of, for me, is a kind of nostalgic colonial yeah. project, mm -hmm in terms of thinking about reigniting previous relationships mm -hmm. with um, colonies, yes. um, new nations, and what's being framed through the African Union's relationship, mm -hmm. which isn't necessarily unproblematic, but mm -hmm. it is something, yeah. Yeah. it's another kind of utopian project that's being played out mm -hmm. through this relationship with China. Oh, definitely. And I just thought that, you know, the kind of conceptualising of this mm -hmm. new myth narrative yeah. Yeah. through the flag, in a way, sort of partly kind of, yeah, no. I was into. No, well, no. I, I, I think it's, it's, it's great to kind of even, you know, to, to add to that because, um, again, when I was designing the, the idea for this project, for it to be kind of ongoing and for it to not be like, you know, I'm making a Relic Trevor film this year and next year, you know, for me, I, I, I'd like to kind of hold it down for a while and then maybe do something years from now, or, you know. But. Um, the, the, the relationship with China certainly was, was um, a, a big thing I wanted to think about, but without making very blatant. So the, um, the, the MiG pilot costume that the, uh, the, the relic, relic travelers now, because well, when, the, when the two new films come out, you'll, you'll notice there's a new traveler. Um, the, the MiG pilot costumes that the, uh, the, the relic travelers wear um, are originally from uh, Russian kind of... Uh, pre-Cold War era design. Um, but the, uh, the, the Chinese, they made their own version mm -hmm. of, of said outfit. And so those outfits are, you know, uh, mm -hmm. of, of 
you know, Chinese design. And so I, I, I wanted to kind of consider this, um, this exchange perhaps of, of, of culture as a result of, um, you know, that the, that the Chinese existence within the, uh, the, the, the African continent. Um, it's not something I necessarily thought, you know, I need to spell out every single thing, because I think within this, this nature of speculation, it's nice to perhaps, you know, leave spaces for people to wonder, all right, so why are they wearing this outfit? What, what does this mean? Where is it coming from? Mm. You know, but things like that were, you know, in, in, in when I was building the, the ideas, that, that was certainly something that I thought, you know, uh, could, 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 could exist. I don't necessarily have to talk about it, but, you know, it, it could exist with, with further consideration or research from, from the viewer. It's kind of embedded. I'm just aware, should we go to questions? Um, I don't know if, or comments or responses, just to open things up a little bit. Um, um, I'm just interested in the way you were describing those big photograph of mm. Christ in, mm. um, in uh, your house back in Ghana, I understand. Mm. Uh, in Guinea-Bissau, in my village, is the extreme opposite, mm -hmm. where we don't have churches. Mm -hmm. um, people became Christian uh, going to Bissau, the capital, or going over to France. Mm -hmm. And uh, the sort of colonization come the other way around. Mm -hmm. My parents in France are the ones that brought those pictures back mm -hmm. in the village where they never knew about it. Mm -hmm. So it's quite interesting. In our things can go the both Absolutely. way around. Yeah. Just a point I wanted to make. <laughs> Great. No, it's, it's yeah, I, um, yeah, I guess there's no <laughs> particular thing to, to answer. But um, I think since since uh, building uh, that, that, that series of, of type of works, um, what has been great is the, the, the multitudes of conversations that I've had with other people and, and, and the way that they were raised and their kind of interactions with, you know, uh, with, with Christianity or the Christ and so on, you know. Um, you know, again, even to this day, my mum still has, you know, some of those images that are up and, uh, you know, whenever I get home at the end of the day, like, I'll, I'll hear some American guy, like, evangelising on the God Channel and, you know, it's, um, it's you know, it could be its own installation, but, um, yeah. I mean, there is also that thing about the kind of... Um, uh, the immigrants that get the, di the diaspora, the relationship mm -hmm. with the diaspora to kind of home in terms of that experience mm -hmm. and um, that experience within the kind of sort of uh, Western culture or whatever, and then the yes. sort of coming back. I mean, I very much think about that whenever I go to kind of Ghana mm -hmm. because there's so mm -hmm. many people mm -hmm. that, you know, like have got second homes yeah. and that whole economic relationship, but mm -hmm. that kind of cultural mm -hmm. exchange that comes through the diaspora going back and forth. And I think yeah. it's interesting that, you know, you, the way that you kind of frame that relationship is not through the kind of white colonizers, mm -hmm. but through, exactly. you know, the immigrants yeah. that have yeah. gone. Um, yeah. uh, any other, oh, yes. Hi, Harry. Um, just a wee question about um, how you choose um, to work with people in the films. I know that I didn't realise that your mum was in that film in Sunday's Best. And I think that you said last year that your son or was in Relic Traveller. Yes. And I just wondered if it was like particularly important to have your, f or why you chose to have family members in your, as your son. Oh, uh, sure. Um, 
Yeah, I think my family get me more than anyone else. <laughs> so it's, you know, I mean, you know, they don't get, they don't always get the work, but they, they understand that I'm working on something. Um, but no, you know, on, on a deeper kind of, uh, on, a, on a deeper level, um, for years, my mum's spoken to me about, you know, one day you're going to write my story, or, which I've never quite understood <laughs> what that meant. Um, and, uh, you know, when, <laughs> when I began to kind of, you know, come up with some of these ideas, I thought, okay, yeah, well, you know, I, I won't write a book for you, but, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe there's this opportunity to, you know, kind of create this thing. And I didn't, I didn't try to draw it all out for her, that's the thing, like, and, and also with, with my son for Relic Traveller, but there, there was definitely, um, there's definitely this, this added uh, idea that I, to, to, to explore uh, space potentially from the, um, the point of view of, a, of, 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 of black children, children of color. You know, you don't, if, if you look across the line of popular culture, you don't see black kids going to space. It's, it's white kids. You see it in the comics as well. It's white, you know, kids or adults and so on. You know, yeah, of course, Black Panther came through, great film. Um, and you know, yeah, you know, I'm a fan of I'm a fan of the comics. I've, I, I collect them. I've been collecting them since a kid. But um, but there was something in uh, this this absence of, uh, of 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 blackness being able to uh, ascend or, or travel in 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 a certain uh, way that I thought could could be achieved. Um, and. And I wanted to also build on, on, on my relationship with, with, with my children. I actually, to begin with, I wanted to, uh, that there, were, that there was decided to have two relic travellers together. So my, um, my son would be travelling with, with my daughter, who's, who's four. But, you know, going back that, that year at the time, she's like three. And even now, she's quite unruly. She does things on her own terms. And, <laughs> you know, you don't tell her anything. Whereas my son, Sinai, he... Um, He's very, he's, he could be very quiet, collected, and uh, kind of attentive, you know. Um, and, and so it, it, it just felt like the, the, the perfect place to uh, negotiate that relationship and, and, and to go to places like, you know, Cornwall that he hadn't been to been before, or, you know, Dungeness, you know, literally the only desert in the UK, you know, these really fantastical but also <coughs> sad looking places that, um, you know, he may hopefully kind of think about fondly. Hopefully, I've represented right, and you know, he doesn't get embarrassed in years to come. But um, yeah, those things were were um, certainly important concerns uh, that that um, were were present in my mind during the, the creation of those projects. Oh, got loads of questions. Great. Um, okay, I just wanted to start off by saying this summer I worked at Stephen Freeman Gallery and I was invigilating and the, the pieces, the two girls, that mm -hmm. was literally next to me every day and I had no idea who did it and then one day two people came in saying, oh, this is about our action point, he went to our school, all of that. So I found out very interesting, you then made a piece about being an invigilator because mm -hmm. that idea of like, I think when I do that I feel like a fly on the wall sometimes yeah. because the the exhibition was about being African and African diasporic artists, mm -hmm. but everyone who worked there were white and no one kind of knew some historic or ideas or context behind some mm -hmm. of the works. Mm -hmm. And I remember one day there was a piece by Nua Sarawiwa mm -hmm. that had to do with oil and all that, and then I explained to one of the people there, because I'm Nigerian, mm -hmm. being like, in Nigeria, oil is such a touchy subject. Mm -hmm. And I remember it was so funny, like two days after, some people came in and she was telling it to them, 
I just found it so funny. I found it so like interesting. Like, okay, but just um, <laughs> just outside of that, being an artist like in this like time, mm-hmm. and being a black British person where you have your identity as a Ghanaian and as a British person, mm-hmm. how do you find that? Because I think when you're when you were raised, I think a few years back, that whole being an African is like, oh you're Af, mm-hmm. or you had to kind of receive that identity and not kind of you know own it. But like yes, I'm both um, from Africa and from England. But I think now there's this kind of I don't know, commodification of that whole African identity within mm-hmm, the arts mm-hmm. and all these yeah, shows yeah. trying to show it. But then you have that feeling of being raised in a time where you're being forced to suppress it and now mm-hmm, people mm-hmm. are trying to commodify yeah. that identity. How do you find that as an artist? Yeah, how do I navigate that? It's, um, yeah, no, I see it. <laughs> um, I don't know, I don't feel like I'm like necessarily a spokesperson who can say, oh, you you, you can't say you're African now and, you know, it's all hip now, isn't it? But it wasn't before. Um, yeah, I, 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 was, I was raised with, with my, my Ghanaian, you know, identity and heritage. You know, my uh, mum my and dad, they played, you know, high life music at home. You know, my uncle, he, he, he was one of the first, you know, DJs to be, you know, creating those mixtapes and playing live and traveling across the, uh, the, the, the planet, playing. Uh, those sounds. My mum made sure that we learned to speak tree. You know that was that was a big deal. You know even to this day we speak in tree. When I you know I greet my mum, I'm like hey Ahima, and you know um, which like means queen. And um, so um, for me it's 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 never been for me personally it's never been this kind of like shift of okay now it's time to talk about being Ghanaian or, you know, you know, originating from within the African continent. No, it's always, it was always there. Um, what has been important to me is, like I've said before, to present stories that I think um, are either, uh, from a Western perspective, at best, like patronizing or misrepresented, uh, to bring about stories that, that are completely covered and to, uh, you know, to, 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 to celebrate as well as to bring about um, the, uh, the, the, the nuances and, 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 you know, bring about the other criticality. And also, you know, to, to talk about the, the um, invigilation thing, because that is a big deal. I, I really relate with you. Like, I, um, yeah, I did loads of invigilating jobs. I worked at the showroom gallery when it was based in East London, you know, right down the road from where I grew up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kate McGarry Gallery when it was starting out. Uh, did an internship at Chisholm worked at, you know, Whitechapel years ago. So I think, you know, being, you know, as soon as he said fly on the wall, it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, of course there is the experience of, of, of being in, in, in invisible as a, as a, a black person or person of colour in, in, in certain uh, spaces and then it kind of being the opposite and it's kind of like charged and like, you know, you're either like the token or like, you know, you're being, you know, being hawked at within a within a store you know um so it's i think it's a day-to-day thing for me to be honest with you You i don't there's no particular answer that i can give you about you know how how i work or deal with that uh from 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 day to day because um you know unfortunately there are so many uh so many aspects of complexity that that makes these structures of like racism you know, just yet another thing I have to deal with. You know, if I have to, ex- you know, to, to, to explain some of the things I, I had to deal with this week, even as a, I don't know, as a tutor at the Royal College of Art, you know, it's, 
it's, um, it's an ongoing thing. But I think what I want to do more than anything is to create the, 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 the connections uh, with others so that um, our voices can be heard or collectively we can create, um, uh, you know, or, or, or re reform these connections together. Yeah. Yeah, hi. Um, I think it's more of a comment than a question, and it's really um, an admiration for the sort of philosophic construct that underpins the work and how you've managed to sort of pricey that into the flag. Um, and really, it's an unpacking. I've just sort of watched all the different um, pieces that you've spoken about. And it's about a growth of that sort of philosophy that's really quite deep. And so that's where the admiration comes from in terms of the way that you're constructing that and constructing a particular narrative and taking a particular angle of this whole uh, topic. And it's really just to just highlight that we can see it. You know, it's, <coughs> sometimes you do these things, you're not sure people can see them, but yeah, we can see that philosophical construct that's being built. And I can see that it's, it's, you're continuing to build it. And so I'm really looking forward to what you come up with next. Mm, thank you. Mm. Thank you. Yeah, it means a lot to me. It really does. It really does. Um, yeah, I don't know what else I can add to that. But no, it, that, that, that's what keeps me going. So thank you very much. Uh, I think we've got one more question here. Yeah, we've got time. OK. We've, oh, OK. We'll, come, we'll work our way back down. OK. That's weird. Hello? Yeah, just to respond to what you were saying, um, I know you, but like I, I don't know his name. <laughs> yeah, to respond, because like I was at the studio visit earlier, and like I talked to Larry about it, and just sort of like the pressure of being a black artist and like asking these questions about like um, how do you like talk about these things and like you know just simply being like I think like again like I was talking earlier, and I feel like as much as there is a need to sort of produce art that talks about your identity and stuff like that. I feel like there is also a danger in a way, like, because you're talking about co people consuming the art and, like, you're being consumable or whatever. Like, I feel like, mm. in a way, um, in one aspect, it's not only our responsibility, it's, like, sort of a co collective responsibility, especially, like, even, like, I say to the white people in this room right now, like, we have to all do more work to, like, allow people to be, to simply be in all of their multitudes. Like, you shouldn't, like... We shouldn't just only, like, when it comes to even speaking about blackness as a black person, I, in a way, I kind of, like, because I'm really, like, self-interrogative, I'm like, what am I talking about, really? I'm talking about something that's beyond me, in a way. Like, I, I am black, and I have this skin, I, I am in this body, but at the same time, really, this idea of blackness is, like, it's, it's something that's not really tangible to anybody, even people that aren't black or are black or whatever. Like, as much as there is a need to, you know, we are, we are black people or we are people of colour, what does that really mean, like, beyond beyond this idea, like, I feel like as artists, the best things that we can do for ourselves is, like, to make the work and, like, we can't really form our identities or our artwork, like, in this idea of opposition. Like, we have to kind of, like, connect to something inside of ourselves, wherever that thing might be. And I feel like it is really difficult, especially, like, for black artists, because we're constantly being forced to, like, make something about our blackness and, like, about this opposition, like, constantly, like, having to deal with these concerns in a way, like, it does concern me because I feel like it doesn't really do it doesn't really do good because if a black artist is just a black artist talking about black things and it's like no like they are human being first and they should be allowed to be 
And yeah, so I think what I just wanted to say to respond to you, because I feel like you probably have these concerns, like I have these concerns, and like I'm really, what I'm trying to do in my life is just try and be in whatever way that is, and I feel like we all should just maybe try to be more and not perform this idea of what we are meant to be, um, because we owe ourselves that, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you want me to ask? I mean, um, yeah, I think, you know, there, there, there's, there's the opposite angle of, of the pressure of, of, of people trying to shed their skin in spaces to appeal to become, you know, that, that thing that doesn't kind of talk about identity or whatnot. I find it impossible to, you know, if you're white or not, to kind of not talk about identity. You know, everything that you know, we come in contact with, you know, creates the, you know, a, a, a construct of identity towards whatever ideas that we have, really. Uh, some things perhaps are a bit more direct and, and open about that than others. Mm. So, um, you know, then there is the pressure within the, uh, the art system, you know, whether to, you know, conform or to, again, to, 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 to shed skin. And, you know, I've got to say respect to Will Lunn um, of Copperfield, who, who represent me, because... I mean, you know, we even had a bit of a rocky relationship at the beginning, but um, what, I've, what I've appreciated is um, his desire to, to, to want to know about these, these, these nuances, the conversations, and not just to think, oh, well, you know, that looks really nice, this lady praying or whatnot, you know. Uh, so, no, I agree. I think that, you know, the work, um, the work for, like, white people, they've got to do it. I'm not, I don't know, I think um, I'm not, I'm not trying to teach anyone anything. I'm not a teacher. Maybe I am to my kids, but you know, uh, I, I'm just trying to say things that I think aren't really out there. Um, but yeah, thank you for, for your comment. I mean, I would just as to that, I think to reiterate that you know we're constantly problematizing blackness, but actually for me the real problem is the absence of discourse around whiteness, mm -hmm. you know, and the lack of interrogation of that as a construct, you know, um, and often the refusal to do that and the claiming of universality so that everything else becomes a kind of marginalised subject position. Yeah. You know, I'm really interested in this idea of a kind of black universality or a sino-universality, you know, in terms of the human experience coming out of a subjective particular body that just might happen to be black or Asian or Middle Eastern or whatever that isn't another you know, the, the, the possibility for that to be a universal. Um, so I think we have to problematise, and I think white people have to problematise whiteness, or interrogate it, I mean, not necessarily problematise it, but yeah. certainly interrogate it. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just aware that this, yeah. this sorry, like well, just... It's fine. It's just that's going to be really quick. So um, more around kind of, I guess, especially with like very personal or like identity related pieces. Um, how do you control who is the audience? So if it's in a public space, obviously it's it's everyone. But when especially when dealing with like art fairs or galleries, there is the potential of it being a private buyer. So how do you 
not necessarily dictate, but how do you kind of control or how much role does the artist have in being able to influence who that person is that's buying it and almost why they're buying it, especially when mm. you come to spaces like, like mm -hmm. the African Art Fair or like Freeze and then there's particular identity politics in play in the work and yeah, the reason as to why a private collector may be buying that. Yeah, I think in, in some respects there's only so much control that an artist has. You know, the environment's already created, but um, in my outlook of, of my own journey is, is uh, what, what spaces can I kind of look at to, to, to allow that conversation to, to take place that are not necessarily inside the institution. You know, so going to, towards some of my earlier works, my um, audio-based project, Memoja, where I remixed uh, High Life sounds and created beats as a result, you know, very much inspired by the likes of Jay Diller, Mad Lib. Um, you know, there, there is the, uh, the physical vinyl, which people were able to purchase, but then I also um, created a, a band camp where people could put any price, even zero. You know, and that, that, as a result, allowed people across the planet to be able to download. I say that because I, you know, from time to time, I'll get an email from someone <laughs> as far as, uh, bless you, as, uh, as, um, as, you know, South Africa or, you know, Poland or, you know, so um, that, that's how I think about um, how I can, I, can, I can engage beyond what I do see as exclusive, you know, spaces. And they are still very much exclusive. Um, you know, like, what, how much is it to get into freeze? Like, is it 60 quid now? Or, you know, like, <laughs> you know, that's just, yeah, like, I could get three pairs of shoes for, for my son for school for that, you know, that amount. Like, that's how I think about it as, you know, someone who grew up in Bethnal Green. So, um, so, so there is that angle with the work. And, and of course, when being invited by, you know, Somerset House to do something that would go on top of a building like that, straight away, um, my, my thought was, okay, great. No one has to like come into the building. You don't have to go inside. You know, you could just be within a certain radius and you'll, you know, you'll likely see it. Um, so, so those are, um, you know, considerations that are on my mind more and more. Not that I'm not gonna stop making certain types of, 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 of objects. You know, the holy clouds, I think, can, can still be an interesting uh, conversation in themselves, but, um, I wanna, I wanna keep, I guess, reframing how I can, I, I, how I can present a conversation. You know, if that's like a performance within, um, you know, like a, a, an actual club itself, you know, like that, um, you know, or, or a, a context in which, um, you know, gamers uh, are invited. You know, these are these are the things that. Are, you know, in, in, in inspiring me more. You know, like Comic-Con, for example. I've been going there for the last few years with my, with, with, with my son, soon with my daughter when she's a bit more into it, but um, you just see people from all walks of life just going into these spaces, and I wonder, like, why is that not reflected as much within gallery spaces? You know, I, I, that's not my job to change, but I know that I can think about other spaces where, where we, can, we, can, we can make that happen. We got maybe last few questions. If there's 
Yes. Um, how do you find yourself being identified these days? Because growing up in London years ago, yeah, before we had, um, yeah, we still been marginalized. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, years ago, we, we see the black art, ethnic art, mm -hmm. um, primitive art, um, and uh, some of the people who has to make the decisions um, to decide what's seen and not being not being seen still hasn't got nothing to do with our culture or our history. Do you understand what I mean? Mm -hmm. How do you see yourself in the future now that we're coming up to the seventh generation? Because we still haven't been given a proper platform, but you know, mm -hmm. lucky enough, we have a platform like this today where we can express ourselves yeah. and when we can debate. But um, remember years ago, um, if a person of color was supposed to do things, you'd be either primitive, you'd be African, or you'd black heart, or you'd... Um, how do you think uh, it is for you today? I don't know if you ever come up with any of these experiences. Um, no, of course it's... Uh, yeah, thanks for that question. No, again, it's a, it's a constant... There's constant battles at play with that. Um, I try not to think about it simply from the point of view of me being like an individual. You know, I, 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 I think much more additionally about some of my peers. So, you know, a few years ago, uh, I, I established a, um, a collective called the, uh, the Network 11, included the likes of uh, Evanna Fikoya, uh, Junior uh, Boachi Adum, um, Beverly Bennett, Nicola Thomas, and more. Um, the, 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 the basis on that was actually to consider the other histories of the likes of the Caribbean artist movement, the black artist movement of the uh, 1980s and so on, as to how we, uh, how we exist within, you know, this, uh, this, this Western kind of, you know, canon or ecosystem, as it were. Um, because the moment you try to do it or survive on your own, you, I don't think you, you, you'll go that far, but also, there's a selfishness about that as well. You know, I think it's, there's, there's these collective experiences that, that, that are taking place for, 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 for black people, for people of color, for queer people. And so, um, you know, the, the plan with that was to, you know, to, to, to create a bridge amongst artists that I personally knew that didn't know each other, mm. you know. So, um, I've, you know, how I approach that, you know, it's, it'll be different to how other people approach that. But the way I see things future-wise is uh, is continuing to uh, collaborate and work with other uh, artists, uh, younger artists, younger people who are who are, who are thinking about production. So very recently, with the uh, the two untitled Relic Traveler films that that are in uh, their kind of like edit stages, um, I invited uh, uh, young artists who I know or. or, or uh, people who, yeah, would like be invigilating in the likes of um, Whitechapel Gallery and pull me to the side and say, look, like if, if you need something or you want to talk about, if, if there's anything you can tell me about your experience, um, please, you know. So it's, I think it's, it's thinking about, for me, it's thinking about my own platform and how this, um, this, this exchange can take place, but also this, this point of, you know, learning as well. And it's great that, you know, Harold, for example, mentioned the, uh, the, the, the tutorial, because that was probably, 
I didn't have that many tutorials in, um, in the slate. And I'll be honest, because at that point for me in time, I kind of had a strategy. I was like, I'm going to go to one of the big three and I'm going to smash it. I'm going to do my thing. I don't really need tutorials. But if, I'm, if, I, if I get face to face with you know, someone like you, I'm going to listen. I remember your words. You, I remember you saying, you know, you're kind of taking it here, but do you want to take it here? And you kind of left it there. So, um, yeah, I'm. You know, I. I think. I think that 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 future is is uh, is where those of us who are marginalised kind of try to connect, create connections together. I. I've, I know I've probably repeated that from before, but I. I really think that's that's the way forward. It's not going to be me on my own. It's not going to be Oscar Mario on his own, or mm. you know, Lynette, or you know, it's just mm. it doesn't work that way. I don't think so. I think it is. You know, it's a system that you know that this this environment tries to employ. But um, we got to we got to find a way to uh, to resist that or to create a counterbalance. I think. But I think I mean just to add to that, I think there are also structural changes that are happening. You know, we are, you know, living in a context of Equa and Wazel mm -hmm. and uh, Thelma Golden. You know, these incredibly kind of global, influential people. I think there is a generation of kind of curators and young dealers. You know, so there's a, I think there's beginning to be more of a kind of infrastructure. We've still got a long way to go. Mm. Um, I still see problems in the academy. I mean, we both teach, mm. but I think there's still problems, I think, for young artists of colour in terms of finding voice within, within uh, particularly the, the academy situations. But I think, you know, and it's great to hear that question from you, Charlie. I just think about the kind of how we built on generations, you know, mm. um, and that passing on of experiences. And I think, you know, your strategy of forming that kind of collective is also that thing of kind of doing it ourselves, you know, kind of galvanising conversations mm -hmm. and communities that kind of will advance things as well, not just waiting mm -hmm. for, you know, white-dominated institutions to kind of discover. Mm -hmm. It's actually building inf institutions, building infrastructures as well. So I think that combination of things is, is shifting things. Okay, maybe that's a good place to kind of finish. Thank you all so much. Thank you very much, Thank Larry, you. for the work Thank you. and ongoing. Thank you.